Hello, and welcome to Real Money Powered by CanStar, a podcast about real people and their real money stories. I'm Effie Zahos, CanStar's editor-at-large, author, and finance commentator. Over the past 20 years plus, I've enjoyed helping Aussies make the most of their hard-earned money. CanStar is Australia's biggest financial comparison site, helping over 10 million people a year compare finance products and make better money decisions. Before we get started, a friendly reminder that everybody's circumstances can be different and nothing we discuss here today should be taken as personal advice. It's always best to make your own inquiries before making any decisions about your finances. Plenty of people find themselves in a situation where no matter what they do, they simply can't shake off their personal debts. The stress and anxiety that comes with hardcore debt can play havoc on your life. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. Now, in today's episode, I chat with Kathleen, who was stuck in a cycle of debt since 2012. Earlier this year, she was told that she should go bankrupt, but she got a second opinion and has started to turn things around with the help of a spending planner. That's Carolyn Mose, who also joins me. Welcome, Kathleen. About nine years ago, you had to make the tough decision to close down your music tuition business as it was no longer making you money. And you've had a hard time getting back on your feet again ever since then. Earlier this year, you were told to go bankrupt but you resisted. You resisted that urge and you turned to a spending planner. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Hi, Effie. So I had a music school for 20 years. I basically sold it in 2012, but I still walked away with about 30,000 debt and didn't really pick that up sort of over the last eight years. It accumulated, never really got on top of it. And at the beginning of this year, I realized I really had to do something about it. It was ridiculous. So I reached out to a well-known budget company who said, basically, go bankrupt. After that, I then reached out to my accountant in Brisbane, and she suggested I contact Carolyn. So you had nine years, roughly, of carrying that small business debt. What made you realize, hey, I'm actually not going to get out of this situation? I guess I just acknowledged that, you know, it's not my forte and I had to do something about it and I had to be responsible, crazy at my age, but you really do. And I didn't want to go bankrupt. I definitely didn't want to go bankrupt. I am a child of someone who went bankrupt and it affected my whole family. Who went bankrupt in your family? My dad. When you say affected you, how did that affect you? Well, he became sick and, you know, was unwell. I know my sister said to me once, she said, my whole decision to go to uni and what I did at uni and everything I did in my life was based on what happened to dad. There is often a lot of stigma attached to bankruptcy and I think it really does come down to the personal individual situation. Can I ask you what amount of debt you were at when someone recommended you go bankrupt? You mean when I went to get help this year? What was it, Carolyn? 40-something? Well, Carolyn, I've got to invite you in now because (laughs) (laughs) we clearly need your help to find out how much debt Kathleen was in. So you're also known as the money lady, Carolyn Mose, and you're a certified spending planner and money coach. And your business is all about helping Aussies uh, stop living from pay to pay and eliminating debt. Now, obviously, you've had a profound effect here with Kathleen. Can I just get an understanding when Kathleen met you, what situation was she in? 
Hi, Effie. Hi, Kathleen. So when Kathleen first came to me at the beginning of this year, she actually had $44,000 in debt and that debt was over seven personal loan and credit cards. So this seems to be debt that was trailing from the small business. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So it's a small business debt that you just couldn't shake off over this period. And that's understandable. I mean, you had to basically, let me get this right and jump in if I'm wrong. You sold your business, you lost your home, you lost your main income, and you had to really start again. So the debt was compounding. And to me, it sounds like you just could not shake that debt off. Yes, that's correct. You know, I think it's acknowledging that you're not good at it and you do need help. Was that hard to admit to? Not really, only because I think Carolyn was so fantastic as a person and non-judgmental. But I think if you were in the wrong hands, the company I'd applied to before had said to go bankrupt. They didn't make me feel good. And Carolyn, why didn't you say go bankruptcy? A lot of people look at bankruptcy and they go, oh, it's just so easy to go bankrupt. Going bankrupt is not easy. It's not a good solution in any way, shape or form. And it's not as easy as people think. So what was your solution? To be honest, $44,000 of debt is not a lot of debt. I see a lot of clients with way more debt than that. And Kathleen at that time also was earning quite a good wage, quite a good income. And I just felt it was a very foolish thing for her. So the first thing we did was created a plan for her money so that we could see clearly where she was currently at and where she wanted to go and then we just put a plan in place for her to help her get where she needed to go. We're often our harshest critics and I know Kathleen you're probably very harsh on yourself. We've talked before and I know you got very upset about you thought you could have done better and changed probably the course which you may not have because you did not have the tools then which you do now. Is she being too hard on herself Carolyn or, or what do you see were the things that were the real turnaround for her? Honestly, the thing is, we often find this with people in business, that things often will happen so quickly and that success comes and then they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to handle it, right? And so they make what could be considered, you know, foolish decisions, but they're decisions based on not understanding, not knowing. And I often say that we come through the schooling system with absolutely no education around money and we find it time and time again. It's funny you should say that. Sorry to jump in, but it's funny you should say that because we do have financial literacy in the school curriculum, but whether that gets taught or not is another thing. I see you shaking your head there, Kathleen, that yeah, you agree. Oh, hugely, yeah, hugely, yeah. And we don't come out of school with life skills. And I can tell you this, I have a 20-year-old that had it not been for myself, would not really know how to choose a super fund, how to put in your tax return. So I think there's uh, some definite room for improvement in that area. Yeah, absolutely. I was in the education system for 20 mm. years, Effie, and I found that we're so busy in the education system trying to cram in so much mm into our kids' heads that we forget the basics, yeah. you know, and it's like go back to reading, writing and arithmetic, yeah. you know, what it used to be and teach them the basics yeah. because they do, they come yeah. out at 20 and they don't understand yeah. the basics of financial literacy. And if I can just clarify, I'm not blaming teachers here at all because you're absolutely right, the curriculum is jam-packed. I mean, Kathleen, those life skills, it sounds like they weren't there. You did not have those, unfortunately, when you were running the business or trying to pay that debt. No, and you come out of school, like I had 12 years of really good schools, 
really good schools, you know, modern history, ancient history, music. But the subject that I used the most was advanced typing. Did you do well at that? (laughs) Very well. How many words can you type? I think it was something like (laughs) 90 and I had like, you know, 95% accuracy. But I remember coming out of senior and thinking, I don't know what an invoice is. I don't know what a receipt is. You know, a balance sheet and your own accounts and percentages and because if you haven't done maths at all since grade eight or nine or ten none of that's in your you know head so is it a case here of your money traits because carolyn did mention that you came to her with forty four thousand dollars worth of debt and it's not a lot i agree but it's enough to push you into a situation where you're, you're treading water and you can't get ahead and you've got that monkey on your back and you can't move forward you managed to, uh, I guess, survive through two personal loans and five credit cards. So you're obviously robbing Peter to pay Paul through that period. Would that be oh, yeah. correct? Yeah, 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 definitely. So what did Caroline say to you to turn that around? Oh, look, I think of a girlfriend from, who's the same age as me and has been quite successful. She had envelopes like 20, 30 years ago. I've known her since she's had a third baby. And she used to have these envelopes in the cupboard, in the pantry with money. I look back now and I think, why did I not do that like she did? You know, and that's what Carolyn's taught me to do it with accounts. And comp- every single thing I spend on is now compartmentalised. I now have food in the pantry all the time. I have Christmas money. Every single thing is now accounted for in the spending planner, which is a great system as well, because it's very easy to utilise. When Kathleen came to you, Carolyn, What was her situation? Give me an idea of what she was actually trying to get through. So as I said, her debt was only 44,000, which I said is not a lot of debt, but her fortnight repayments were $950. Now we know that at the moment, especially with low interest rates, that's more than a mortgage payment a month. And Kathleen was renting at the time and she was basically just paying down debt. She was paying her essential bills. Most of her um, credit cards and personal loans were above their limit at that point. So we needed to get them down to at least below their limit because it was affecting her credit rating. What we did was we talked about doing a possible debt consolidation. But the thing is, as I said to Kathleen, even though you have debt, you need to have a life, right? You need to have a lifestyle because it affects your psyche. If all you ever do is live pay to pay and pay the essential bills and pay debt, you don't have Mm. a life. I've got to touch on this consolidation because a lot of people who are listening now may think, yep, I've heard this before, but do you know how hard it is to consolidate, what, seven loans? Obviously, you had that good income because you've moved from being your own boss to a PAY situation, so you had a steady income. Is it really that easy to consolidate loans, especially credit loans? And, And I hate to put it in these words, these are bad debts. How did you get it across the line? Carolyn, I'll let you answer. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn, that's yours. <laughs> okay. And look, um, Effie, it, it wasn't an easy thing to do. So we approached a broker and initially it was very difficult to get that across the line, mainly because one of the debts was with Fairgo. Now, Fairgo is a zero interest debt, a bit like zip pay and that sort of thing. Now, the thing with that is you cannot do a debt consolidation on a zero interest So we had to get rid of that Fairgo debt before we could do the debt consolidation. So that then took a little bit of time. So as Kathleen said, what we did was we created a plan for her using a software system that we use. And essentially we created buckets for her money. So not only did we have a bucket for her essential bills to make sure that they were paid on time all the time, 
we set up direct debits for those because that was what was most important to make sure her essential bills were paid, her debt was paid down on time all the time, right, so that we could increase her credit rating. And then we concentrated on getting rid of that fair go loan as quickly as we possibly could. Now, that meant that for Kathleen, we were, we were doing the bare minimum at that point. But also one of those buckets is what we call the triple FI account, and that stands for food, fuel, fun, and incidentals. And as I said before, it's really important, even when you're in that stage, to have a little bit of fun, even if that means I'm allowed to go out for coffee once a week with a girlfriend, or I'm allowed to go and buy, you know, a cake at the local bakery, or I'm allowed to go for a walk and have an ice cream. You know, there's there's got to be some sort of reward in that. What's your fun account doing? Kathleen, what are you spending money on for fun now? Oh, I love cooking. I've been in lockdown. I'm in Melbourne, so. <laughs> so <but laughs> You've become a chef probably during this period. Yeah, I love cooking anyhow. So that's your fun account. That's your splurge. That's your relaxation. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, coffee's our big thing in Melbourne while we were in lockdown. And I love music, so I go to, you know, th- Fever concerts. They're about $30 a pop, you know, that sort of thing. Melbourne's great. So it's good. Your budget's allowing that. And Carolyn, I think that's very clever that you had to tidy up the situation before you can go consolidate. So that's a really good tip there for people listening when they're in that kind of situation. Can I ask you then, Kathleen, your payments were $9.50 per fortnight. Where are they now? They're $550 a fortnight. And can I just say there, Kathleen, that Kathleen is actually paying over and above what she needs to pay her current loan, which I think is sitting at about 34000 now. So it's reduced in this last six months by $10,000. And not only that, but that's going to be paid out in the next two and a half years. So not only are you going to pay your debts off in record time there, but you've also given yourself some relief of about $800 a month. Yep. Mm. How do you feel about that? Oh, look, this year's just been remarkable. I think I've lost a few years since I sold the business in not depression, but just existing, probably a bit of depression. But I don't sort of get that anymore, but more um, just existing. I'm sorry to hear that. And of course, if that is a situation, then obviously I urge anyone to, to seek help in that case. It's not easy running a small business. Would you ever go back to a small business or are you happy now where you are? I'd love to go back to music, yeah. Maybe not teaching and never to that expansiveness, but I love recording and I love I love music. Well, there's nothing stopping you doing a side hustle on that anyway. But can I ask for our listeners out there, Carolyn, what is a spending coach? I hear of people doing budgeting, uh, a money coach, but a spending coach? People look at it and go, you know, but we're not allowed to spend money. The thing is what we teach people is to spend their money wisely. And as I said with Kathleen, we created a system and a plan for her that allowed her to spend money on things that were important for her, but also to make sure that we had the plan in place to so that everything was paid on time all the time and they were no longer living pay to pay and on that debt cycle. So we're essentially teaching people how to spend their money and how to spend it wisely. Have you ever had somebody come to your office where you just said, I can't help you, I'm sorry, you are far way down that rabbit hole, I can't help you? Do you know what, Effie, I have never said no to any client and I had one particular person that I remember 
a number of years ago now, she came to me and she said, look, I don't know that you can help me. I've been to a lot of different places and they've all said, no, they can't help me. And I said, look, tell me what your situation is and I will let you know honestly whether I can help you or not. And she said, well, I have $150,000 in personal and credit card debt over 12 providers and my husband doesn't know about it. And I said, okay. <laughs> and to be honest, I, I think I probably took a couple of gulps at that point and thought, how can I really help this person? And we did put a plan in place. We created a plan for this girl now. It wasn't easy. We couldn't do a debt consolidation because that meant bringing her husband into the scenario and she didn't want to do that. So we had to do it on what she was earning. We had to do things in secret, which I don't really like doing. And I did encourage her along the way that it would be so much easier if she included her husband in the conversation. A lot of my work is done with couples. And I say to them, unless you are both on the same page with your money, you are going to have relationship issues. And for her, we couldn't do that because her husband, there were mental health issues involved and a whole range of things that I won't go into. But essentially, yes, her situation was probably one of the hardest that I've ever dealt with, but we've dealt with it and she is doing amazingly well and she's moving forward. Kathleen, I, I do have to ask you then, now looking forward, if I can ask you two questions here, y your money traits, have they changed and how have they changed now since going through this process? Yes, they've changed because I have to report to Carolyn every month, but uh, not report, but we have a meeting. I needed to be accountable. You know what I mean? I needed to be accountable because it is my weakness and I'm just really, I want it, I'll have it sort of. I can't do that. And I carry cash on me all the time. I know it sounds like a really strange thing, but you know, you walk around with five, $600 cash on you. You don't spend it. You just keep it on you. And you know, you don't have to spend that. You don't have to buy anything, but you've got it. It's sort of this psychology of there's plenty there, you know. If you could sum up, looking back, where do you think you went wrong? I was negligent of it, you know, negligent of that area. And I think in some ways it's sort of like an irony that when you're, you've got those entrepreneurial sort of personalities which I, I'm sure I have because I'm a risk taker you know what I mean yeah um, because I can make it and I've always made it and made as much as I really want to whether I work hard or whatever I think I've just been flippant in that area and I just needed to be accountable you know for myself and yeah I was about to ask you sorry do you think you need to be reporting into Carolyn for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you I do we've decided every month yeah yeah, because it's almost like an addiction, I think. I guess it's no different now that I'm thinking about it. It's no different to, you know, seeing a nutritionist. You know, in my case, I see a nutritionist. I'm accountable to them. Uh, I guess going and having a regular checkup with your doctor, you know, you're accountable. I, I get that. And what would you say to anybody listening now that's running their own business or juggling debt? What would you say to people in that situation? Always just reach out to someone like Carolyn, people that are professionals in that area. And also, I think, find someone who is a mentor, you know, for your profession or a mentor to help you, you know, develop. Yeah. And once this debt's paid off, what will you do then? I can't even think about it. But uh, I do keep seeing and visualising my recording studio one day, maybe. I hope you get to that. <laughs> 
Thank I hope you. you get to that. I'll let you know. Please let us know. Let us know. I'll send you some original music. <laughs> <laughs> you can charge me a good price for it. <laughs> Caroline, if you ever I, want any, you know where I am. Are you trying to make a sale now to me? <laughs> Caroline, what would be kind of your words of wisdom to people in this situation or listening to it and going, yeah, I can relate to this. I've got this stubborn debt that I just can't shake. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, Effie, people need to be really honest with themselves to start with, really honest about their current situation. And if they are in overwhelming debt, if they are living pay to pay, if they are struggling in their relationships, you know, if they're struggling with their mindset around money, any of those things, they need to actually sit down and be really honest, have a conversation either with themselves or with their partner, you know, relationship person, whatever, and work out where they actually are right now, right this minute, and then work out where they really want to go. Look forward 12 months and say, where do I want to be in 12 months' time? But not only that, then ask themselves, why do I really want this? Why is this important to me? You know, why is it important for me to get out of debt? Is it important for me to, you know, have savings in the bank because, you know, we've all struggled with COVID and loss of income and all that sort of thing. So work out where they are right now, being really honest, where they really want to go, why they really want it. And then what capabilities do they need to get there? Do they need someone on their side? Do they need someone to be accountable to? A lot of people, as Kathleen said, they just need that person. I know that a lot of my clients say, oh, Carolyn, I went shopping today and your voice was in my head. And I go, yeah, that's great. You need that voice in your head to stop you, to say, do I really need that thing? Can I really live without that? Do I need to spend that money this week? So they need to just sit down and have those conversations either with themselves with their you know best friend partner husband wife whatever and start the journey and don't just sit there and wait until there are one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and 12 credit cards in debt <laughs> which you didn't kathleen you hit the nail on the head are there any money worries or woes that you have now looking forward i think it's always on my mind i think it's been such a long time the biggest thing is keeping my psyche healthy. Which is really important to put you in that right frame of mind. Yeah. Look, ladies, thank you very much. I'm so glad to hear you are going to be on that journey of debt-free soon, that you've managed to pocket more money in, your money traits have changed, and I look forward to seeing that original music come my way. And thank you for everything you do, Effie. Oh, pleasure. We're watching pleasure. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm a little bit worried now. <laughs> On TV, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn, thank you very much too. Thank you. Thank you, Effie. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Real Money with Effie Zahos, powered by CanStar, Australia's biggest financial comparison site. CanStar's experts research and rate finance products from over 30 categories, including home loans and insurance, personal loans, super and investing. To compare products and see if you could be getting a better deal, visit canstar.com.au. As always, you'll find useful links in the show notes. But if you need more information on today's podcast topics or any other money topics, head to canstar.com.au. Do you have a money story you'd like to share? Get in touch with me at effie.zahos at canstar.com.au.